You're listening to episode 147 of the Mad Chatters podcast, July 19th, 2017. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. My name is Derek, and I'm joined today by my fellow chatters, Matthew. Hey, howdy, hey. And Jeremy. I'm just a hunk of hunk of burning love. All right, then. So... Uh, I don't think we really have any news to discuss today, so... Oh, wait. Oh, wait, that's right. There was, like, some big expo or something this uh, weekend. Uh, wait a minute! <laughs> uh, no, of course there are a ton of things we want to discuss. And not just for the listeners, I'm really, I really want to discuss these things with you guys because we haven't really had a chance to catch up after all of the huge news dropped this weekend. It's really funny. I'll give our listeners a little peek behind the scenes here, behind the curtain, if you would. Um, we tend not to talk to each other much about things that break at Walt Disney World or in the Disney universe um, because we like to discuss it with each other on the show and get our natural reactions and discussion. And uh, it almost killed me this week. It really did. (laughs) Well, have no fear because the time has finally come in just a few minutes. First... We're actually going to bring you a food review in our segment, Eating Around the World. A little more than a month ago, uh, my wife, Jessica, and I went up to Disney Springs to meet Derek and Aaron and Ruben. Right? They ate with us, right? They did. A couple of our friends of the show. For dinner at Chef Art Smith's Homecoming, uh, recently renamed Homecoming, which uh, was the funniest part of the whole thing to me because um, though they have changed the official name to Homecoming with the you know apostrophe because that's so southern, we don't say our G's. Um, that none of the none of the tablecloths, not tablecloths, none of the printing cups, chairs, fabric, anything that had been previously printed with Homecoming. They just didn't bother to change. And so it's, you know, like, who thought that one through? Like, do we really want to do this and then leave everything else, name the other thing? So uh, review spot number one. But if you don't know anything about this restaurant, it is Southern-themed, home-style, kind of themed to country, rural Florida. You know, we often think of Florida, you think tropical and beachy and Caribbean. But there's this whole central part of the state that's very farmhouse feeling and rural and uh, citrus farming and cattle ranching and stuff and that's kind of what this is themed to so you'll find things like fried chicken and deviled eggs which we'll talk about and all those kind of things on the menu of course done up a little bit to bring them up to a little more gourmet palate uh so derek i'll let them tell i'll let you tell them about what you ordered and what you thought about it because you ordered perhaps the most boring thing on the menu okay thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why I did that. I, I think it just sounded good to me. I did order a salad. I feel like you should start, though, because you were the only one who ordered an appetizer. Uh, yeah, I really have been wanting to try the deviled eggs. 
um, for a while. I'm a deviled egg fan, and if you grow up in church or anywhere in the South, really, you go to a homecoming service or some kind of meal or something at your family for Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, the deviled eggs at the end of the table are like a staple. And if you don't know what deviled eggs are, if you're from like Norway or something, then <laughs> you hard boil an egg and then you just take the yolk out and you kind of whip it up with some mayonnaise and some relish or pickles. And you can add anything else you want, mustard or people add spices. People have added crab meat and bacon and all kinds of things. And then you just basically kind of put that whipped up yolk salad back in the egg white half. And there you have a deviled egg. So these are done up a little. They're very creamy, ultra-processed, uh, whipped. They're not the halved eggs like long ways. They kind of got the top taken off of them, and then they take the middle out, and they pipe the middle back in. So it's they're sitting upright with a little curly Q Dairy Queen uh, deviled egg part there sticking up. Uh, they were good. I don't think they fancied them up at all. Maybe that was the point. You know, they didn't want to cover up the taste too much. I actually thought that like really purifying, pureeing the middle and making it ultra smooth like it was took away from the the deviled egg experience because the deviled egg experience comes with a little bit of crunch, a little chew, a little texture in the filling. So, but the taste was good. So we passed around a few. I ate like three, <laughs> uh, but they were good. Uh, nothing like to write home about, but but they were deviled eggs. Yeah, I didn't expect to get a deviled egg how-to on this episode well you know we have we have uneducated listeners or just yeah uneducated ouch uncultured and never had a southern deviled egg (laughs) yeah cultured they're called church lady deviled eggs on the menu that's right and so fitting so fitting yeah but you did get six for ten dollars which i feel like was a much better bargain than a lot of the things we ordered later on yeah So, you know, appetizers, that's probably a good tip. Okay, so what you alluded to earlier, I ordered a salad. And the thing is, like, this is just one of those places where every item on the menu is pretty heavy. For instance, my favorite is the fried chicken and donuts. (laughs) Two pieces of fried chicken served with house-made sugar donuts and creamy mashed potatoes. This is not, this is not real. That's not real life. That's real. real. $26. $26. It's not as decadent as it sounds. Just looking oh at it, I was like, gosh. oh. I'm just like, picturing, like, KFC and Krispy Kreme just, like, melt. <laughs> that would have been better. I, I didn't try it. I just looked at it. I, think <laughs> I was that's what. say, how do you know? <laughs> well, Ruben, Ruben and Aaron ordered this. They ordered, like, a sampler or something, didn't they? Oh, yeah. See, I actually wish I had gotten what they got. They got, I think it's called the kitchen plate. Yeah. And for $18, you get a pick three sides and their sides look really good like you have drop biscuits you have mashed potatoes you have some iron skillet sweet potatoes cucumber salad mama's mac and cheese like i think you could actually do pretty well for getting that kitchen plate Uh, but like i said everything was kind of heavy and i didn't get the salad because it was light i got it because i saw some in the window and they were huge and packed with toppings So what I got cost $18. It was called the Harvest Salad. And it did come with fried chicken, which I wanted to make sure I got fried chicken because every time it's listed on the menu almost, it's called Chef Art Smith's Famous Fried Chicken, quote, quote. 
Um, so I, ha I had to get it with a fried chicken, but it also came with roasted red peppers and corn and cheddar cheese and cherry tomatoes. And it had avocado. It even had hush puppies on it. Hush puppy croutons is what they said, right? But it was basically just hush puppies. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know why they kept saying hush puppy croutons because it was literally hush puppies cut in half. Yeah. They were even soft. <laughs> like literally hush puppies as croutons. <laughs> yeah. But they were great. They accidentally left them on the counter overnight, and we're like, crap, yes. what are we going to do? Uh, yeah. Just write croutons on the menu. Croutons. Hey, that's fine with me. They added a nice little sweet heartiness to the uh, salad, but I I actually liked my salad a lot. I think your wife got the same thing, and she wasn't overly impressed with it. It's really hard to blow someone away with a salad. I mean, this has got to be some... <laughs> There's got to be some. I mean, there's just got to be some good stuff going on if you're going. If you're going to, what to have that many ingredients and it just to be like, eh, like what did, what did y'all do wrong? What's going on back there? Yeah, I mean, I didn't say I was blown away. I'm just saying. No, I mean, but when you said Jessica was just okay with it, oh, that's just my observation. It would take a lot to be blown away by a salad. Sure. I want that as our next shirt. It takes a lot to blow someone away with a salad. <laughs> <laughs> and just wear it to homecoming. Yeah. No, I liked it. I, I guess when I ordered a salad, I kind of knew what to expect, and it met my expectations. I wouldn't say it exceeded my expectations, but it met them. And uh, I, I kind of do wish, as I was leaving, I kind of do wish I had gotten the barbecue instead. That's what I was torn between was the salad, and they have a barbecue plate, which has sweet and spicy barbecue sauce, and it's served with mac and cheese and biscuits for $24. Um, next time I go, if I go, I'll get that. What did you order? I ordered the uh, fried chicken sandwich. I, I, I just didn't want to. Um, I mean, the fried chicken plate, I think, was like 20-something. And I could get the sandwich for like 14, 13, something like that. Maybe a little more. 17. So I decided to go with that and just get all the things that came on the sandwich. And, you know, it's supposed to be like his special recipe, like fried chicken, buttermilk, you know, marinated you know, all this stuff, and I I just didn't, I mean, I liked it, but I didn't like it any better than, like, a, like the wonderful, delightful Zingers from Zaxby's. Um, it was just kind of like, eh. I didn't think anything was special about the, the taste of the fried chicken, and maybe that's my fault for not getting the actual fried chicken and getting the sandwich. But with all the wonderful stuff that was supposed to be on this sandwich, like a garlic aioli, and there was supposed to be, oh, it's like a hot sauce aioli. And then there was something else, and this kind of slaw, and um, I just, it wasn't very flavorful. And the flavor I got was just kind of, you know, bland. The chicken was very dry. That's one complaint. And I remember Aaron and Ruben saying that their, their chicken on their little uh, sampler plate was dry as well. Which shouldn't be happening if that's like your special thing. I did get the macaroni and cheese as the side, and that was the star of the plate. I mean, it's kind of like uh, it, it, it is not fancy mac and cheese. It is in a little like a little ramekin skillet type thing. It is like Thanksgiving family table style mac and cheese, like casserole style mac and cheese. No fancy cheeses. Maybe like just some cheddar and some Monterey Jack. I don't know. Just yellow grandma's baked mac and cheese, but it was delicious. Of everything that was brought to the table, the mac and cheese looked the best to me, easily. Yeah. Yeah, I like that kind of mac and cheese. That's good. Baked mac and cheese. I'm not from the South, and I like it. Yeah, I think you touched on a lot of my problems with it, Matt. Nothing 
was was special, really. Like, everything people ordered reminded me of something I've had at Cracker Barrel, or Zaxby's, or Chick-fil-A, yeah. or... And if that's going to be your thing, it needs to be really, really, really stinking good. Right, right. I would return here. It's just not going to be a go-to. Um, let's talk about the restaurant itself for a second. If you've been to any restaurants in Disney Springs, the new ones... The interior looks a lot like all of those. So it's got the exposed wooden beams, a lot of natural light let in, and a lot of, like, wood. Like, wood booths and wooden columns and stuff like that. Which is typical at, like, Boathouse, Deluxe Burger. All these places kind of carry that theme throughout. Um, And like you said, the coasters, the booths printed on the booths, everything still said Homecoming. Even their name tags, and I asked her about it because the service was great. We had a great server. We had a really great hostess. She really accommodated us because when we said we had seven and then all, all of a sudden we had six and we didn't make a reservation, she really went out of her way to make sure we got a table pretty quickly. Um, but our server, I said something. She said homecoming and I said homecome in. And I forget what she said, but she was basically like, no, <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's homecoming or something. But anyway, what was she? Actually, t- it's our summer house. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's your line? What's your, what are you supposed to say to me when I bring up that? Yeah, actually, this is Norway. No, but what'd she say about um, Florida ingredients? Like, she was really, really proud of that. They were pushing oh, like that. the whole nine yards. I mean, yeah, that, that was a little over the top. It was like Florida ingredients. Okay, Florida ingredients. Florida farms. Florida farms. Uh, Florida uh, growers. Yeah, okay, that's great. Florida cattle. Florida cattle. Okay, we got Florida wood. Okay, you got the built things built with Florida wood. We even brought in painters from Florida. I was like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> not a joke." Like she actually said that. Where would you? El- where else would like you guys bring in uh, like uh, <laughs> Canadian painters? Like a worker worker visa for the painting painters? I don't- uh, yeah, as if we would have been like, "I'm out." If you didn't get these <laughs> painters from Florida, I'm not yeah, even I'm, here. Uh, this is so inauthentic. inauthentic. Yeah, that reminds me of. Um, Vegas Vacation. Did y'all ever see that movie? Yes. Where they tour the dam and they're like, "Welcome to the dam tour." Yeah. Yes, these are the dam rocks. It was with that. The dam <laughs> it was that. Yeah. Uh, Florida, Florida, Florida. Um, I just remembered though, we did order dessert. Hands down, the highlight of this meal. In fact, I would probably go here just for this. We had to get it because he's famous for the hummingbird cake. Now, the menu doesn't really have a description of this cake, but, I mean, if you know hummingbird cake, it's it's sort of a tropical cake. Um, it's sort of reminiscent of carrot cake, but there's also pineapple and banana, and it had this really delicious cream cheese frosting with it. It was a huge slice. We got one slice, and I'm not even sure if the whole table finished it. We all took several bites, but it was the star of the show, for sure. Mm-hmm. This wasn't even very banana-y. I was getting more pineapple, and it was lighter colored. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And the icing was just perfect on it. Yeah. But if there's one takeaway I have from the restaurant, it's it's that. Or one positive takeaway, I guess. And the rest was, you know, middle of the road. I think there are better places to go in Disney Springs. So, anyway. I don't have anything else. That's our homecoming review, I guess. Maybe in another time I'll try something besides a salad. You know, that's my first thought when you ordered the salad at places. Not that you do it all the time, but that was my first thought that night. was like, how are you going to review this? And you order a salad. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sometimes I go on vacation and just enjoy things for myself, not for the sake of the show. I'm so sorry. How dare you? This is Jeopardy! Thank you and welcome to another episode of Mad Chatter's Jeopardy! In Mad Chatter's Jeopardy, we give the answer, and then the Mad Chatters have to respond with the question. Gentlemen, are you ready? Yeah. Yes, sir. Alright, here we go. The answer is short, dark, and curly. What is that strange hair in the Typhoon Lagoon wave pool? What are Meredith's turds, probably? The answer is... Pew, 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 pew! What is me pretending to laser shoot Brazilian tour groups? What is what you sit on at the Disney Wedding Chapel? What is the sound the auctioneer makes when auctioning off the seats from Ellen's Energy Adventure? Because they look like pews. The answer is, that'll do, pig. What is written on the bottom of your table's second bowl of bread pudding at Ohana? What is me to Coco at Ohana? What is what Kermit says to Miss Piggy after a night of passionate love? The answer is, not bad if you don't mind the chili dog smell. What is what Kermit says to Miss Piggy after a night of passionate lovemaking? What is a cast member uniform after a 12-hour shift at Casey's Corner? What is a day with Jeremy in the parks? The answer is a sentence you could use both in the bathroom and on Splash Mountain. What is yuck, yuck, yuck? What is if this log would hurry up and move, I won't get splashed? What is I didn't get as wet as last time. probably know this past weekend the i think fifth d23 expo took place in anaheim uh and you probably know because i talked with several of my co-workers who care nothing about disney but were coming up to me all week saying did you hear the news about yada yada and i'm like wait did you hear the news about yada yada but anyway we've been talking about a lot of rumors on this show over the last several months and the word is 
the word was that maybe all of these things would be confirmed or put to rest at the D23 Expo once and for all. And I think for me at least, even more than I expected was officially confirmed at the Expo. So we want to share our thoughts about all these things on this week's episode. And of course, there's a ton of Parks news to discuss, but that wasn't all. The other two big panels over the weekend were the animation panel and the live action film panel. So let's talk about some of those news items first. Yeah, definitely. I want to talk about the live action uh, movies first off. The main one that really tickled my fancy and got me excited was they released the trailer for the upcoming A Wrinkle in Time film. Um, did you guys see this trailer? Yeah. You didn't watch it, Eric? Oh, uh, my gosh. Okay. I don't know anything about what this is, so it didn't really, like, spark my interest at first. Okay, well, I, re- I read the book in middle school, and then I went out after seeing this trailer and bought the book again, and I'm rereading it again in anticipation of this film because it got me so much on the hype train. Um mm-hmm. And I think the biggest excitement I have was how Regal, Oprah, and Reese Witherspoon, and Mindy Kaling looked in the trailer. Like, they looked amazing. And it, it has some CGI in it, but it looks like it's kind of well done. And, and obviously, that story has to be done CGI-like. Yeah. Um, but anyways, at the uh, they showed the trailer, and also Oprah and Reese Witherspoon and Chris Pine and Mindy Kaling were all there to uh, discuss the film. So the film will be released on March the 9th of 2018, and I'm already on the hype train for it. I think it's going to be good. I did see the posters for it, and Regal is a really good word because it just showed like each character in their costume. And it's in- it, uh, intense isn't the right word, but it's very elaborate, like all the stuff they've done with the makeup and costumes. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not going to fall into the John Carter or, or Lone Ranger yeah. trap. Um, but I think... I think the source material is good enough that it won't. I also think that, uh, you know, they tried to make a movie of this some years ago, and it was on, I want to say, like, The Wonderful World of Disney, or maybe it was a Disney Channel original movie, something to that effect, and it was not very good at all. And I think it's just because it's such an epic story that it takes a lot to make it, you know, live up to the... I just keep picturing the the never-ending story, and I don't know why. Mm. No... Let's not do that, because I don't like the never-ending story. Oh, I did. Oh, they made us watch that in second grade, and I just remember hating it. Maybe I should rewatch it now. So anyways, uh, March the 9th, get on the hype train, because A Wrinkle in Time is going to be great. Uh, the next film they dis- uh, discussed was called The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Um, I was not familiar with this film at all until the expo. Uh, apparently it has Keira Knightley... Uh, Helen Mirren and Morgan Freeman, so a pretty stellar cast there, and it's sort of a retake, a retake or a retelling of the Nutcracker Suite, Sugar Plum Fairy kind of uh, story that everybody's familiar with. Um, <laughs> That's what you say. That I was just about to say. I'm not very familiar with that story. I think I used to own a Care Bears version of it back in the day, but I don't remember anything about it. Well, all you have to do is go to a dance recital for sixth yes. grade girls around Christmas time, and you'll be very familiar because well, that's no, all story, they ever do. The story could be interesting. Uh, I don't know what the Four Realms thing is all about. So, Yeah, now, I don't know the take on it. I didn't really dive deep into this film. I do know it looks very much stylized in the form of the Beauty and the Beast live action. That's kind of the feel I got from it. Okay, okay. so lots of CG. Yeah, but, like, you know, that very, like... 
highly stylized, um, kind of darker tone look. Blue, blue. Uh, that comes out in November of 2018, so quite a, quite a bit away. It looks like they're going to try and make that a holiday film. Um, another film that everybody got excited about was Mary Poppins Returns. So we kind of got a first look there of Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins. Let me read these notes here. Mary, uh, Emily Blunt and director Rob Marshall were on hand to discuss the film and play a teaser trailer. Uh, the movie is a brand new original film musical from top to bottom, and the film will reintroduce audiences to the Banks children as they struggle through their adult life in the Great Depression. So that's kind of the gist of the plot. Mary, Meryl Streep will play Mary's cousin. Now, this film already is going to be amazing, and yeah, she's already yeah. nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Colin Firth will play the heartless manager of the bank that's threatening to take the take back the bank's homes, the bank's family home on Cherry Tree Lane. And Dick Van Dyke will play the chairman of the board of that bank. So I'm glad Dick Van Dyke oh, is, yeah. is kind of he doesn't have to put back. on any makeup this time. <laughs> yeah, he's he's getting up there. He's a little long in the tooth. <laughs> Do you think he'll have his uh, accent again? His Cockney accent? Sure. If he doesn't, I will burn the theater down. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, of course, we know uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is playing uh, kind of the Burt-like role, uh, even though he's not Burt. It's Lamplighter Jack. So, <laughs> I got to say, I'm actually really excited. When they first announced it, I was like, what? But I think ever since they've cast Emily Blunt, I've been pretty hyped about it. It's an all-new story. You know, it's based on one of the other books. It's not going to step on the toes of the original Mary Poppins, I don't think. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be completely respectful to it, maybe even pay homage to it. All new music? I mean, come on, I'm excited. Now, there was an article floating around the interweb interweb, uh, recently. I didn't read it, but it was about why Julie Andrews is not in this film. Mm -hmm. You know, I never clicked on the link, but I saw all the tweets saying something like, Julie Andrews has the sweetest... Or Julie Andrews has the most spectacular reason for not wanting to be in Mary Poppins. And I'm guessing it was something along the lines of, like, let the new Mary, let the new Mary Poppins have her day and it doesn't need to be about me. I know, but she should make an appearance because she's America's sweetheart. Um, Even though she's from Great Britain. That's true. Anywho, um, this movie, Christmas 2018. So you got about a year and a half before Mary Poppins will grace our presence again um they talked a little bit about mulan the live action mulan it is currently in pre-production so have they officially announced that they're reconsidering that to be a musical i don't know as soon as you said mulan that was the first thing i thought i don't know yeah because originally it came out that said there was not going to be any music but then beauty and the beast kind of blew up and they were like well we might change our mind <laughs> yeah. maybe music okay yeah. music. yeah i don't know we also got word that the Jungle Cruise movie is still coming, oh. starring not Josh Gad and not Neil Patrick Harris, but the third of the Disney lovable seems to be in everything, and that is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now, this is concerning to me because of the Jumanji thing. And, like, the other day that trailer came on, and I saw a lion, and then, like, a hippopotamus, and then I saw Dwayne Johnson. I was like, wait, what is this? And it's like, Jumanji. And it's like, you know, they're all set. Like, the characters are set in, like, the 1920s. And I was like, this is odd. 
I saw that trailer and I'm like, what is happening? What if Jumanji is Swahili for Jungle Cruise? And <laughs> it's actually the same movie. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, we'll, wow. Let that, we'll let that stew for a little bit. Um, we got some news about Guy Ritchie's Aladdin that's coming. You know, it was on the internet that uh, they were having a difficult time finding somebody to play Aladdin. Um, and to be fair, I think it's not that they, you know, everybody started naming all these um, actors who are of perhaps Middle Eastern descent or Asian descent who could play Aladdin. And I don't think it's that they couldn't find somebody of that, you know, ancestry. I think it's they couldn't find somebody of that ancestry that is able to act, sing, dance and, and do all that Aladdin does. Uh, but we got some news that they, they have uh, gone ahead and casted casted cast cast. Uh, cast some of the roles so mina masoud masoud is going to play aladdin do you know who that is i don't i didn't recognize his name or jasmine's name yeah naomi scott as jasmine i don't know who these two are i'm sure they've been in stuff i'm just not familiar with them and mm-hmm. i didn't care enough to google uh but the one name that is probably going to be all over the billboards and uh, I wanted to get your guys' opinions on this. Will Smith has been cast <laughs> as the voice of the genie. It's almost not the voice. He's going to be the genie, right? It's going to be like his likeness. Oh, maybe. I'm not quite sure. Like I I, imagine- He's going to be done up like with CG and makeup and all kinds of stuff. But it's going to be him as the genie. As genie? Okay. Maybe. Probably. Uh, but, but what do you think, Will Smith? And, and, and genie is a pretty iconic role. I, I'm 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 surprisingly indifferent, and I'm, I'm not usually a, a Will Smith fan, but I, I'm su- yeah. That's why I'm saying surprisingly, because I thought you know when looking at that news, it seems like I would hate it, but I don't. But I don't love it. But there's really nobody they would announce that I would be like, oh, that's perfect, except for like Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kazam! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. No one can fill Robin Williams' shoes. And so I think for me, Will Smith was actually one of the best choices they could have made. When I first read that news, I thought, this has potential. I can totally see him being just over the top, but not in an annoying way. Just I can see him having a lot of fun with the role. Like Fresh Prince Will Smith, like just attitude and like fun and carefree. Exactly. All right. Stay with me on this. Stay with me on this. We don't want Nathan Lane as the genie. <laughs> yeah. Actually. I was thinking Martin Short. Uh, I feel like it was like a 1990s movie starring SNL characters. <laughs> no, but Martin Short, he's kind of got that zany personality. I think he could he could bring a Robin Williams-esque quality to the genie but not be robin williams see i'm picturing will smith is going to try to be robin williams no but see the thing about with my old er like martin short is that it'd be like okay what are we trying to do because he's of the same kind of generation as robin williams like we're just trying to recreate that thing a funny comic from the 80s or are we doing something fresh well let's, i like I mean, martin short will smith is not exactly a spring chicken yeah, but he he was never like a stand-up comedian. He was just he's just always kind of been an actor, you know. Right. And, Martin Short has done several roles similar to the genie, just kind of over the top comedic relief. Where I, I don't think Will Smith has really had that chance yet. Okay, I'll give you that. We'll see. I, I well, I'll, I'll keep an open mind, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, and it is Guy Ritchie, so yeah, yeah. who knows? All right, moving on. Next film that was discussed from director John Favreau, and that is the live-action Lion King. Uh, they showed a clip from the opening Circle of Life. Now, was this online? Because I didn't see it. No, it was just for attendees. But this was the thing. Like, when I read recaps of, here's what happened at the live-action panel, everybody spent a long paragraph talking about Lion King and how incredible this clip was. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, it looks it looks like it has potential, especially from the voice cast. Um, returning as the voice of Mufasa, James Earl Jones. Um, then you have Donald Glover, if you've ever seen the show Community or Atlanta. Uh, he is the voice of Simba. Now, here's where it gets a little interesting to me, and I'm, I'm kind of uh, not sure how I feel about this. The voice of Pumbaa, Seth Rogen. Uh, makes sense, but... Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't picture Pumbaa as like a stoner. So, no, I can see it because he's got that. He's got that really deep voice. You know, just yeah. naturally deep. I can see it. That's kind of gruff. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Eichner from Billy on the Street playing Timon. That one I can see. I mean, it's going to be hard to live up to Nathan Lane's legacy, but good luck. And uh, John Oliver as Zazu. Oh man, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, this film is going to be released on uh, July the nineteenth. 2019 so two years away we will be uh leaving the next d23 expo and going to the theater to see the lion king yeah hope so um also they talked about tim burton's dumbo did you guys see the picture that they showed no yeah of him on the back of the train yeah they had a picture of tim burton kind of posed in the casey jr and it kind of has a creepy Tim Burton-esque look to it. I got to say, up until I saw this picture, I'm skeptical. But uh, I'm still a fan of Tim Burton. I'm still a fan of that that dark style that he brings. Um, so I think that if anybody's going to redo Dumbo, you got to totally go in a complete different direction. And only he's going to be able to do that. And so I, I, I'm keeping an open mind. Yeah. Can you believe it's been 75 years-ish since that came out? It's crazy. When I was looking at that picture, I thought that looks like of Tim Burton. Like the back of it is Casey Jr. It's kind of, you know, not steampunk. It's um, not really vintage either. You don't see that much. But what you do see is kind of like faded, rusty. Uh Paint chipping. Yeah, it's Tim Burton. And Danny DeVito is going to be in it. Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, Ava it's Green like, is this Batman? Is Colin Farrell. <laughs> it is Batman. It's Batman Returns. Yeah. Where's Christopher Walken? And we got a show. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Is Helena Bonham Carter not in this yet? <laughs> Fairly not, but she probably will be. Yeah, only only time. No. Okay, uh, another film talked about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Um, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega... Mark Hamill, Laura Dern, Gwendolyn Christie, Benicio, Benicio del Toro, and director Ryan Johnson appeared to discuss the film. And they were understandably quiet on all the details. Not a lot of uh, information leaked, other than the film will be released December the 15th. Now, did you guys see the new posters that were released for this as well? Yes, they're pretty. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with the Leia one. I thought it looked 
so stunning and yeah. such like it, it just captured the beauty of not only Carrie Fisher but also that character. And yeah. I know I've used the word regal already, but it had such a regal-esque look to it. I loved it. I want it framed. I can see that. Yeah, she had her hand up with like the big old rings on her yes. fingers. Yeah, it looked good. Yes. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about that. Now is that that's December fifteenth of two thousand eighteen, correct? No. Or is that this year? That's this year, yeah. Oh wow, okay. I'm excited, but yeah, we we still don't know a lot. I mean, we've had that one trailer, and I really thought that the second trailer would be released at the expo, but it sounds like mostly they just came on stage and were like, we had so much fun filming this. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> yeah. See, I That's could never be... when you can't say anything else. <laughs> I could never be an actor in these kind of films because I have such a big mouth, and like when I'm excited about something, like I want to tell everybody like I'm, I'm like you can't tell anybody but you know and i tell that to 50 people and then it just kind of ruins it all and then the final film that was discussed at the live action panel the avengers infinity war and it was kind of a surprise because a lot of big stars joined him on stage for this chris hemsworth was there elizabeth olsen robert downey jr josh brolin paul bettany sebastian stan i love him he's so great anthony mackie benedict cumberbatch chadwick Bozeman and Mark Ruffalo. So pretty much the entire cast came out and greeted the fans. I mean, I would have been happy going to this panel, even if that was the only thing that had happened. That's like some major star power right there. Totally. They showed a few clips. Um, They showed Thor crashing into the Guardians of the Galaxy ship. Uh, Loki with the Tesseract. Tesseract? Is that how you say that? Tesseract, yeah. Tesseract. Um, Spider-Man getting his spider sense and Thanos punching Iron Man in the face. Those were some of the clips they showed. I guess all this will be in that film. Probably so. (laughs) (laughs) They showed clips that have nothing to do with the movie. (laughs) Well, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, but anyways, that'll be uh, released on May the 4th of... Oh, wow. I wonder if they realized that's Star Wars Day. Uh, May the 4th of 2018. Oh, no. They're stepping on toes. Maybe there's a Star Wars crossover there that we don't know about yet. That would be... I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> oh my gosh, they'd be riding in the streets. People would hate that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, like I said, big big deal if you're a big Marvel fan that all these guys were there. So, any, uh, any of these films that you're particularly excited about? Any that don't tickle your fancy? Well, you know, the job of the expo is to make you excited about these things. And I will say it did that. Even the Nutcracker, I'm like, oh, the Nutcracker. But before <laughs> this weekend, I didn't even know that was a thing. So, You know, we should go back and look at the films that were talked about in 15 mm. and see how we feel about them now. Um, like the BFG. <laughs> we were excited about this. And, and two years later, we know that it, would, it sucked. but right now they look so good statistically some of these will suck but you know Um, I'm excited about Aladdin I'm of course excited about Star Wars Uh, I'm leery about Jungle Cruise Mm. oh yeah that one's gonna suck wrinkle it no I'm not saying don't say that wrinkle in time I'm ambivalent towards and the others just kind of like yeah I'm not really into the Marvel thing. I like the movies, but I'm not like, oh, yeah. But we'll see. 
All right, moving on to the animation studios and Pixar. Uh, it was announced that an untitled Disney Toons studio film centering on aviation. So it sounds like Planes 2 is coming to <laughs> DVD near Rockets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't Disney Toons Studios do a Goofy movie? They did. What if it's like Max in Space or something? Now those were called movie tunes, right? Oh, I don't know. But I think it was the same studio. It was the one in Europe. Yeah, in France. Um, coming up, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Now, we've touched on this, I think, in the past, or we did on Twitter, at least. This is a 21-minute featurette that oh, will debut in front of Coco, the upcoming Pixar film. 21 in minutes. 21 minutes. That is not a short. That's a sitcom. Yeah. Can you imagine sitting in the theater and not knowing this is happening? So it comes up, it's frozen, and you're like, oh, there's a short before it. And then like 20 minutes later when it ends, you're like, did I come to the wrong movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was that like, it? T- 10 minutes in, you're like, what? What is this? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to me. Um, but it will feature four new songs. And these songs are from Eliza Samso. I don't know who that is. And... Kate Anderson, who I believe, isn't she? Who's the original writers of these? Kristen Anderson Lopez. And Lopez. So maybe Robert that's her Lopez. sister, Kate. Maybe. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Because my first thought was, oh, it's not the Lopez's. That's interesting. Definitely. Um, and then, of course, Frozen 2 will be released November the 22nd of 2019. So two years away from, two and a half years away from Frozen 2. A movie that I'm excited about coming out March the 9th, 2017, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck-It Ralph 2. And we found out a little bit about the plot. Uh, When Vanellope's game breaks, she and Ralph will venture into the internet to find replacement parts. The World Wide Web provides, uh, proves to be a strange and amazing new world. How do you guys feel about this film? I liked Wreck-It Ralph, so we'll see. I loved Wreck-It Ralph, and so I'm very excited about this. Uh, uh, Taraji B. Henson will voice Yas, a Tumblr-inspired, internet-savvy character. And if she doesn't pronounce her name that way, I'm going to be very upset. Well, it's with an E, not an A, unfortunately. True, but I'm going to pronounce it Yas. Yeah, I think this movie has some potential. It's next year, right? So does that mean there are no Disney movies this year? I guess not. I think so. Yeah, just Coco is all that's coming out. And Cars. So there were two Disney movies last year, two Pixar this year. Okay. Yeah, I think it has some potential because the whole thing about Wreck-It Ralph is just like have fun with all those worlds. And if you venture into the internet, lots of potential there. Now, this was kind of an interesting panel because they showed a clip in which Yas introduces Ralph and Vanellope to all the Disney princesses who were voiced by their original uh, actresses. And it turns out that all the princesses are misunderstood as it turns out jasmine is allergic to cats now this i found interesting this is bordering on that stitch um promotional level Mm. where remember when stitch started showing up in all the disney films and ruining them so kind of that breaking the fourth wall but then after they showed this clip all the voices of these princesses the voices of moana um anna merida rapunzel tiana pocahontas jasmine bell and ariel all appeared on the stage Along with the colors of the wind. (laughs) (laughs) It's blue on end. Yes. Um, Apparently, they reached out to the voice of Snow White, um, but she is dead. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, this was, I think that I read this, this was the biggest gathering of princesses ever. Um, I mean, that's really cool, you know? I wish that if, the only thing that would have made it better is if they had broken out into a princess medley of, like, all their songs. They didn't because they knew my heart couldn't take it. And uh, they said, Jeremy needs to live another day. Um, another film that everybody's excited about coming out next year, June the 15th, Incredibles 2. This sequel picks up right where the first film ended, and it will focus on Elastigirl and feature more of Edna Mode. But Edna Mode was kind of the breakout fan favorite of that film, so I'm glad she's kind of getting a little more focused. And I don't think she has... I don't think she will suffer from what a lot of sidekick characters suffer from, and that is the annoyance when it's put out too much. So Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, I think so. There's some films that I think can handle sequels, like Wreck-It Ralph and The Incredibles, I think, can handle sequels because there's so much in that universe that can be explored that doesn't feel repetitive or just forced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was announced again, Toy Story 4 will be released June of uh, 2019. Um, and then Pixar is working on an original feature. Now, that's a curse word in Disney recently. Original. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Based on a personal story for director Dan Scan- Scanlon, who lost his father when he was very young. The story is set in a world with no humans, only elves, trolls, spirits, excuse me, sprites, unicorns, etc. And it tells the story of two teenage elf brothers whose father died when they were too young to remember him. But thanks to the little magic still left in the world, the boys embark on a quest that will allow them a chance to spend one last magical day with their father. So, uh, you know, it kind of uh, sounds like they're going in a mythical direction, which I think is fun. You know, fantasy always plays well. And and it sounds like it's going to have a lot of heart to it as well. Yeah, it's funny because... I guess Pixar really hasn't dived into fantasy yet, like the fantastical elements, like unicorns and stuff. Yeah, it's about time. Well, except for Rainbow Unicorn in Inside Out. Rainbow Unicorn. Well, maybe sure. she'll make maybe she'll make an appearance. That'd be great. Oh, what if it's her spinoff? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, a movie coming out at the end of this year, November the twenty-second. And that is Coco. It will feature traditional Mexican music and new songs. One of them written by the Lopez's mentioned before. And Michael Giacchino. Oh, yeah. He's providing the score. So I think we've seen a trailer for this, right? Yeah. That's been released. Okay. I'm kind of excited about it. It looks uh, looks different. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get to this in a little bit. But with all the stuff they announced for World Showcase, I cannot believe that one of the announcements was not Coco's takeover of Grand Fiesta Tour. The only thing I think that's holding them back from that is with Pixar's recent track record. I'm wondering if they're waiting to see how this film performs before they start tearing down walls. I can see that. Mm. So that was your uh, live action and animation panels. And let us know what films you're excited about. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's head on to the world of Disney Parks. Where we got, like I said, way more announcements than I ever would have expected from this panel. Um, did you guys watch the live stream of this panel by chance? No, I was just catching up later. I was I was not live streaming it. I was having a difficult time with the live stream, but I was definitely refreshing the tweeter 
uh, as it was going. So I felt like it was a live stream. And I want to thank people like Jeff DePauli, Aaron Wallace, those kind of folks who were there and really did a great job live tweeting the event. I just watched everything. I like to wait till it's all done and then just go back and look at it all at once. Yeah, that's probably a better strategy than I had. We were on the road and we did not have great service and I was draining my phone battery like, come on, give me some news. So I pretty much missed all of it. Jeremy was kind of keeping me up. Um, But the entire panel is on YouTube. So last night um, I had it on my TV and was watching every minute of it, Um, except for the musical performances. I was like, this is unnecessary. Uh, But anyway, so let's talk about some non-Walt Disney World news first. So over at Disneyland, they're doing some things and John Lasseter announced all of this because it all has to do with Pixar. In 2018, Disneyland will do something called Pixar Fest. It sounds like it's a sort of temporary thing, but basically all of Disneyland Resort is gonna be taken over by Pixar things. Uh, One of the quotes they said was, it's a small world will grow by leaps and bounds when Pixar characters join in the fun, which is strange to me because there are already Pixar characters in there, but okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, New friends and old will illuminate the skies in a Pixar themed fireworks spectacular in Disneyland. And buckle up, Dash, our favorite superhero kid, is taking control of California screaming. Huh. I don't know about all that. Um, Well, then they also announced that the Pixar parade is coming to Disneyland as well. Is that not part of this fest? Yeah, it is. Yeah, because during this fest, which I guess is temporary, like I said, the Pixar play parade, which is currently in DCA, will go to Disneyland. Because Paint the Night is coming back, and it's going to go to California Adventure, including a new float. Um, So that's exciting, because everybody's like, how did Paint the Night only run for a year and a half and then go away forever? What the heck? So it is coming back, just in a different park. And I guess they're tying that into Pixar, because it does have a lot of Pixar sections. Monsters, Inc., Cars, Toy Story. Um, But it's not exclusively Pixar. Let me tell you, Paint the Night is one of the best (laughs) plays that has ever been made and push the button the other day (laughs) triggered i was i was in the car on the way to work it was sunday sunday morning and when can we do this again played on my randomly cried i got a little misty and simply because one i love that parade and two it takes me back to when derek and i first saw it and then we watched it on our last night in disneyland as well on our last trip and you thought when can we do this again and that's oh yes and and you told the story many times it just touches me Matt, how come i can't have a moment i just um, i did not go on that trip and you went to club 33 and <laughs> we invited I, I you can, multiple times i can i can be i can be a, just a little bitter yeah it'll that's, be okay we'll all survive i will say when i when that comes up on my shuffle and i hear just the the chimes like do 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 uh gets me and not because of memories it's just because it's a good tune and it's reminiscent of Main Street Electrical Parade. Yeah, I don't care about the memories. <laughs> there are two kinds of people on this podcast. Yes, there are. Three kinds. Not only because of the memories, I'll say that. But the rest of the Pixar news, if you're doing that right now, is interesting to me. Like, what are they trying to do? Yeah, the rest of the Pixar news I don't like, because everything I just mentioned sounds like it's just like a 2018 takeover. That's fine. It'll go away. But this next thing, John Lasseter was so excited and got so hyped when he announced that Paradise Pier will permanently become Pixar Pier. 
It will feature neighborhoods filled with friends from The Incredibles, Inside Out, and Toy Story. It will have a vaudeville-style Pixar Pals theater. Uh, Bing Bong's Confectionery will be added. Which, that would be cool. I, I, I like that idea. Yeah, but don't you think you'll go in and it'll still just be like sour balls from Goofy's Candy Company? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing is very odd in that they just spent so much time and money and effort uh, updating that and giving it that classic Disney vibe, and now Pixar is going to be there. They already have Cars Land on the other side. I know. And you guys, I know it gets some hate from loyalists. I love Paradise Pier. Just standing there and looking at it. I like the way it looks now and the way it's, you know, I've not been there, but I like the the updated version appeals to me. I like it a lot. I, I don't I don't know why this is necessary. And I have not seen concept art of this. I saw several posts where someone said, and according to the concept art, the Mickey will be taking off the Mickey wheel and will, will be replaced with Luxo Jr. I have not seen that concept art no matter how many times I've searched for it. So I don't know where they're getting that. But like, you just put that Mickey face on there a few years ago. Why would you? That's classic. And not to mention they're is it been confirmed that they're closing Bugs Land? I don't know. It is not confirmed. Um, one of the announcements, I'll go ahead and give this announcement out. One of the things he very vaguely said was there will be a, quote, bigger Marvel presence coming to DCA, including Spider-Man and the Avengers. Um, the rumors right now are that this Marvel area will take over a Bugs Land. And a Bugs Land, some of those attractions will be repurposed and moved to Pixar Pier. For instance, Heimlich's Choo Choo Train, I could see them not getting rid of it, but moving it over by like the Zephyr or Goofy Sky School or something like that. Yeah, there is quite a bit of Pixar when you think about it in DCA, because you got the Monsters Inc. attraction, you got Bugs Land, you got wait, Cars wait. Land. No, Monsters, Inc. is in Hollywood Land. What'd I say? Oh, you said DCA. I thought you meant Paradise Pier specifically. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, it's in the park. Yeah. So if you're going to keep that, which I can't imagine they will, but if you keep that and you keep Bugs Land and you keep Cars Land and now you have Pixar Pier, you might as well just name it Disney's Pixar Adventure. Yeah, that's why I was asking. Like, Why are they going so crazy for Pixar? Like, it's because they're, they're in a little bit of a slump and we want to give them a little bit of boost and maybe all this will hype up people to hey pixar we remember that they were good once well i have no doubt that um pixar is a big money maker just in general for the disney company and i have no doubt that the average day guest is more prone to want to see toy story and those kind of things than they are probably the overall thing of california uh but again i don't think that you have to pander to that sort of mindset yeah I'm just really disappointed. And like they just rethemed Mulholland, not just, but Mulholland Madness, Mulholland Madness. Now it's Goofy's Sky School. Like, are they going to retheme it again to Pixar and get rid of both Mickey on the wheel and Goofy? Like, those are two classic Disney characters. Well, it only makes sense that they will get rid of Mickey if it's going to be Pixar Pier. Yeah. I don't know. They're going to put Tomater up on the wheel. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> no. I repudiate that. No. Cancel. Um, um, I like somebody tweeted something about you better be sure Neil Patrick Harris will survive this. He's like a cockroach. <laughs> oh, absolutely. His face will go up there probably. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I'm really sad too because I got a feeling even though the swings are going to stay, they're probably going to retheme those away from the Silly Symphonies, which I loved. I just I love that whole theme. 
It's so good. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and the thing people complain about with Paradise Pier, again, I love it. I think people, people complain that it's off-the-shelf attractions, but you know they're going to keep all those attractions, like the swings. Totally. Yeah, so that's not going to solve anything. Um, the only other Disneyland announcement was that Cars Land will officially get a Halloween overlay this year. Halloween usually sticks to Disneyland, not DCA, and apparently it's going to move over. So that's exciting. But as far as Disneyland goes, all of the other news was kind of a bummer. Like, I kind of feel sorry for Disneyland fans. Can we talk, though, really quick about the Halloween at Cars Land? Because the concept art looks incredible and it looks so fun. And Halloween is quickly becoming one of my favorite um, holidays. You know, it's it's bumping up there just because I just love the creativity and the fun behind it. And this really brings some creative elements to Cars Land that I think I'm really jealous I'm not going to be able to see in person. But I'm looking forward to all the pictures and video. Yeah, because I love the Christmas decorations at Cars Land. Like, when I see pictures of those, it's so festive. Apparently in Radiator Springs, they celebrate Halloween, H-A-U-L. So, gotcha. Anyway, you can look forward to that this fall. Um, okay, so around the world, there are also there's also some news. Hotel New York, which has been in Disneyland Paris for years, will get a Marvel overlay. So it's going to be called Hotel New York, the Art of Marvel. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What a terrible name. Like, what? <laughs> Who thought it of that? It sounds better in French. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. The Disney Cruise Line had some big news. We've, we've heard that two ships are coming. Well, at the expo, they announced that actually three ships are coming, and the third one will be done by 2023, so that's exciting. They talked a little bit about the Beauty and the Beast show that is based on the live-action movie that's coming to one of the ships. That just means they're going to sing Evermore in there. That's all yeah, it is. <laughs> for real. I think that was the only news from around the world. Everything else has to do with Walt Disney World, which is super exciting. Yeah. So let's dive right into this. First up, Star Wars Land officially has a name, both in Disneyland and in Hollywood Studios. It's going to be called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Which is, is, is better than I thought it was going to be. It's, it's, it's bizarre. It's weird sounding. But like everybody was wondering, what in the world are they going to call this place? Are we just going to invent this system or planet? Or is it going to be from a movie? Um, so I like, I like what they did with that. They burst the galaxy, you know, galaxy far, far away. Well, I like, too, because I think it then sets them up to say, well, this is like that corner edge of the Star Wars universe. So you can get away with maybe doing some off-the-cuff things. It's a catch-all. Everything yeah. goes. Yeah. It sounds a little bit like a Samsung product, but I like it. <laughs> it is a Samsung product. <laughs> it's two combined. It's a Galaxy S Edge. <laughs> uh, so... At the expo, one of the exciting things that people kept tweeting about was the scale model of Star Wars Land, which looked huge. And I, am I underestimating how big 14 acres is? No, no, no. It just kept on going. There was like just like one section and another section and another section. Uh, but it looked really good, I gotta say. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, they talked a little bit more about the attractions. Um, there's the attraction where you're in a fight between the First Order and the Resistance, and he said it's going to be unlike anything Disney's ever done. Oh, when they say that, it makes me happy. Well, he said the scale of the attraction will be unlike anything Disney's ever done. Um, it did look really big. Like, the picture he showed, the people were tiny, and whatever they were looking at was were, was like five stories above them. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's, he said in the Millennium Falcon attraction, each guest will be in total control. So it sounds like 
you'll kind of be doing interactive things while you're on it. I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Uh, one exciting thing, as far as I'm concerned, goes is he announced that Rex will make a return to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, his role will be a bit different. He's going to be plopped into the cantina and very reminiscent of Sunny Eclipse. He will be the DJ at the cantina. I love this. That's yeah. good. That, good, good, good job, Disney. Who voiced Rex? Uh, Paul Rubin. Okay, that's what I thought. Paul Rubens. Is he gonna, You think he'll make a return? I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. He was on Gotham. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. I mean, like he's doing stuff. Like, oh, hey, that was okay. Herman. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, like, I didn't think he did anything. They, he just kind of re- revived Pee Wee Herman a couple years ago for Netflix. So, yeah, he's still active. Why would you bring back the character of Rex if you're not going to have Paul Rubens do the voice? I mean, yeah, yeah I agree. They should have checked with him first. Yeah. Um, so they talked a lot about how this land will be completely interactive. Guests are going to participate. He said your choices will matter. You can make your own reputation. You might earn what they're calling galactic credits. Your name, on the other hand, might end up on the list of a bounty hunter. Uh, so they did this thing at Frontierland in Disneyland last year where like teams worked together and there were two teams and I don't remember what they were called, um, but they basically had to earn points by doing different things throughout the land and s- s- they might be placed in jail for like 10 minutes if they did something wrong. And everybody seemed to have a really good time with it. So I'm guessing that was sort of a test for what they're going to do in Star Wars land. So it could be kind of fun. I just hope you don't have to do it. I hope it's like an optional thing. Yeah, I agree. This might be fun, but sometimes I just, I, I'm not about the interactive. I get, maybe it's my ADD, I just get distracted and bored really easily. So I I don't want to get too committed to uh, going to Star Wars jail if I don't want to. <laughs> right. Uh, but like I said, it was almost an overwhelmingly positive response from this Frontierland thing. So hopefully it's good. And they said that Disneyland's Galaxy's Edge will open before Hollywood Studios which is, I think, kind of expected if you've seen any of the aerial shots of the construction. It looks like they're way farther along over in Disneyland. Well, I feel like they're really pumping it uh, at Disneyland because that's so much space that's being shut down and yeah. blocked off that they want to get that capacity hey, back up. The, the, uh, the, the buildings that they had a few uh, months ago up at Disneyland with the, uh, the AT-AT walkers like, visible on the inside, they're here yeah. now. Yep. I was like, oh, there they are. And you can see the, the, the ATAT form on the That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I think the biggest Star Wars news was related to Walt Disney World specifically. A luxury resort based on Star Wars is coming to Walt Disney World. It will include a multi day adventure. So it sounds like you kind of book for two nights minimum, maybe three. Uh, it's completely immersive, the word Disney likes to use. And you'll become yes. an active citizen of the galaxy. Uh, one thing I thought was cool, he said every window will have a view into space. So it really does sound like you're going to be completely taken out of this world and immersed into Star Wars. What are your guesses for the price of a night stay at this place? Oh, uh, more than we can ever afford, <laughs> I'm sure. It's This is going to be booked up. Uh, the, people are going to come from all over Young Padwans are going to be conceived there. Young it's going to be Padwans. great. <laughs> yes. What if when you earn galactic credits in Star Wars land, you can put them towards a night stay at this hotel? <laughs> yeah. There you go. 
What do you think the outside's going to look like, and where do you think this is going to go? That was my question. I think it would be smart for them to put it right behind Hollywood Studios and have direct access to Star Wars land, but I don't. I haven't looked at the map. I don't know if that's feasible. Yeah, that, and I think they should make it look like the Death Star on the outside. How cool uh, would that be? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. When you think of Walt Disney World Resorts, that would stick out like a sore thumb. I'm going to stay in the Death Star. Um, I really liked going back to the model and just the overall look of this place and, you know, talking about it being kind of the unidentified space system. Like, what is it? Where is it? Um, I kind of like that. It's kind of got, when you look at the the model, it's kind of like a mix of like the Moss Eisley and the Nauvoo place and Nauvoo or Nauvoo? Nauvoo, Illinois. Nauvoo. <laughs> Nauvoo, no Star Wars. Nauvoo. No, no Mormons here. Uh, Jedi Mormons. Uh, but it looks, <laughs> it looks, it. I like, I like the look of it. Surely they'll make the. Maybe, maybe they'll make this. I think I remember them talking about the hotel, like the rumors, and that the entrance would actually be part of this land. Like you'd access it through this. Yeah, I, I think that would be smart. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about resorts, they did briefly announce that a, another new resort, a DVC location, will come. It will be Disney's fifteenth. DVC location called Disney's Riviera Resort. It looked massive from the concept art, at least eight or nine stories. And it has to because it will include a rooftop restaurant with views of both Epcot and Hollywood Studios nighttime spectaculars. Oh, wow. I'm just amazed. I didn't realize that the DVC was as big as what it is, apparently, that they're still building resorts to accommodate these kind of things i i'm just amazed by that because i i really don't meet a lot of people who are involved in the dvc um so i guess there's a silent majority out there somewhere because they're the silent few yeah the silent majority i guess not the silent few now how much you want to bet going back to the star wars resort that they transformed that one resort in disneyland that everybody hates into a star wars resort paradise pier the paradise yeah whatever it is yeah. Well, it's going to be the Pixar Resort yeah. now, right? <laughs> that's what I was thinking, because you can see it from Pixar Pier. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. That was just a hotel they bought, right? Like, Right. And they yeah. slapped some Disney uh, logos on there and some designs, because it very much looks like a, a Holiday Inn. Yeah. Yeah, but honestly, it does kind of fit when you see it from Paradise Pier. Like, it looks like something you'd see on the beach, like a, a, a tall sky, you know, high-rise. Yeah, on the beach. Do not defend that thing. I Do mean, not. I'm just saying, like Disney needed to buy it because you can see it from Paradise Pier. That's but, true. Anyway, okay, well, let's move on into the parks because I think this is where the news that inter- interested us most is happening. Let's talk about Hollywood Studios. We know it's in a transition period right now. We know Toy Story Land is coming. They announced that Toy Story Land is opening next summer, 2018. Mm. Which surprised me. Me too. Yeah. So th- that uh, Slinky, Co- Slinky Dog Coaster and the Alien Swirling Saucers and whatever restaurants and other places they have will be open by 2018. So Yeah, yeah I figured they would kind of wait. And uh, to me, this whole, the whole Hollywood Studios project, the Toy Story Land seems like an afterthought in general. Mm-hmm. So I thought for sure that one would be the one that would be delayed and we'll get to it. And I figured they would be just... I mean, they're just oh. trying to pump something in there to make it happen while they're working on the big thing. That's true. You're probably right. But I figured they would be all full steam ahead on Star Wars trying to get that open. But uh, so to say that 
Toy Story is going to be opening first. Like I said, that that was surprising, and they it makes sense. And when you think about it, though, because they need attractions there for children. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like a quarter of what they're doing with Star Wars Land. Maybe not even a quarter as far as size and attractions goes. It's just kind of like it, you know, throw it up there. Yeah. So we knew that was coming. We knew Star Wars Land was coming, but everything else was kind of up in the air. We did get some official news about new attractions. Great movie ride will officially close August 13th. Oh, my. And do not tell me. Do not tell me that the Walt Disney Company and Imagineering does not at least listen to the fanboy community on some level because they did not announce that Great Movie Ride was closing in the panel. They put it up simultaneously on the internet because they knew the reaction was going to be negative in that hall had they announced that from the stage. So very clever on their their behalf. But why is it closing, Derek? What's coming in its place? What's coming is something that Kevin Rafferty says will be, I think the word on the the blog was amazingness of (laughs) amazingness, amazing proportions or something. He called it two and a half D because it's going to be an attraction based on Mickey Mouse shorts on the Disney Channel. And it's called Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. You'll ride inside the world of a Mickey Mouse short On their way to the park, Mickey and Minnie will ride past a train, which is conducted by Goofy. And this is the part, he says it will lead to a magic moment where you step into the movie screen and onto Goofy's train. And while he was on stage, he very proudly showed uh, this test that the Imagineers had done on this effect that they want to make happen, where, he again, he called it 2.5D, not 3D, not 2D. And it really... It was kind of hard to see, to know what you were seeing, because there were no people in the scene to give you, like, a perspective. But the way it just kind of transformed from all these all these buildings in front of you, this skyline, completely transformed into, like, a cartoonist skyline, like, right in front of your eyes. So I really do think this will be, this will use technology unlike anything we've seen, and will, it will really kind of blow some minds. Um, but he just didn't say a lot about it other than that. Yeah, I'm I'm very skeptical about this one because they, I'm I'm upset they're closing Great Movie Ride. I think in a park that is supposed to be Hollywood centric and in a park where there's so much room for these kind of things, why are you closing down an attraction that still eats people? Is still genuine, you know, generally liked um, by most people. To kind of gut this whole whole thing seems like a misstep to me uh the other reason go ahead i'm not disappointed that they're getting rid of great movie ride i saw that coming i'm disappointed that it's not a muppets attraction i really thought just looking at the way that muppets courtyard is working out and how they left that one facade up that backs right up to the the show building for great movie ride i thought for sure there's a muppet attraction going in there and this was just kind of i love mickey but I was like, oh, well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I think Mickey needs an attraction. I, I love the idea of having a Mickey and Minnie attraction in Walt Disney World. Um, I think that's – I'm amazed it's been almost 50 years and we haven't had one yet. But that being said, I don't like the idea of the stylized Mickey that they're they're using either. It seems very um, – 
it's, it's going to date itself so quickly because I don't see that sort of style lasting very long. Now, maybe they're going to maybe they'll they'll trick us and and they'll do this. I would love to see as you're riding this train maybe going through Mickey throughout the years. So maybe uh, the train starts out black and white with Steamboat Willie-esque Mickey and then you kind of get to that 1940s Mickey, uh Mickey and the Beanstalk kind of a look and then just kind of following Mickey throughout the years in his different forms, Sorcerer Mickey, that kind of thing. And make it a celebration of Mickey throughout the years, throughout the attraction would be really cool. But I don't think they'll do that. What makes me think they're not going to do that is because they're collaborating with the studio that is currently putting out the Mickey Mouse shorts on the Disney Channel, which do have that stylized look that you're talking about. When they first gave this rumor like a year ago that maybe a Mickey attraction for the first time ever was coming to Walt Disney World, I was with you. I was like, oh, if we have a, a classic Mickey attraction, that's awesome. But they're, I don't know how long these shorts have been a thing. Um, but Just I think a couple it's, years. Okay, I think it's going to be all that style. Kind of that... That very flat, um, curvy, but skinny uh, Mickey. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's hard to describe that style because it's not really like anything I've seen in, in, in a, any other sort of animation at, at this time. No. So, Have they said anything about the Chinese theater facade itself? Not that I heard, but hopefully they will keep that because that is a, you know. I mean, that's Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine they would change the facade. I hope not. Yeah. Can I... I I know a lot of people are sad about Great Movie Ride. This sounds terrible, to be completely honest. I'm I'm not that sad. Uh, I think think it's a classic ride, yeah, but it's just really dated at this point. Um, I don't think they were ever going to go in and completely redo it with with new movies. And honestly, what movies would you want to see that are timeless? They would have to be timeless movies. And if they redid it, I think they would pick some current movies that in 10 years would be dated again. I'm just trying to think realistically. I don't think Disney would have put a lot of money into it. So if it was either keep it like it is or get a Mickey attraction, I think I prefer the Mickey attraction. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, but on the other hand, they had that partnership with TCM, you know, recently, which I was hoping kind of gave some hope to... To the the future of the attraction maybe tcm would have a lot more influence on what would go in there in a refurb um and kind of help them make it more interesting instead of putting in you know dwayne johnson in the jungle cruise movie before it even comes out you know kind of a thing but you know that's uh not gonna happen yeah i think for me the biggest shame is that we'll lose some of those classic audio animatronics like the wicked witch great audio animatronic like is it just going away forever i I don't know i mean this is really the only mary poppins we have other than the meet and greet character and now Mm. it's going away um so there are some things i'll miss but overall i think this is probably something that needed to happen yeah i want to give a shout out to um ruben's brother albert that's his name uh he posted a picture of his collection he has all the films that are featured in great movie ride and that inspired me to do the same so i'm going to complete my great movie ride film collection uh hopefully over the next couple weeks so i can have a little marathon as the as the as the curtain drops on that attraction nice man when i saw that august 13th date that was the most surprising thing about all of this boom it's coming there is no fanfare whatsoever about that No, and that's, I mean, you are, like, we've joked about how Hollywood Studios is nothing these days, and you're taking another attraction away before you open anything. So now if you go to Hollywood Studios for a one-day ticket, it's 110 bucks, 19 bucks, somewhere around there. Yeah. 
for Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Star Tours. That's your only Toy Story rides and Toy Story. Okay, four rides and plus some shows. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And shows that have been there for twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, indie Muppets, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. Does this is Great Movie Ride the only opening day attraction that remains? It is. The closest thing to it is uh, Indy, which opened in August of 89. But Great Movie Ride was the last opening day, May 30th, 31st, whatever date Hollywood Studios opened there. End of May attraction at Hollywood Studios. Wow. I mean, Hollywood Studios hasn't been a studios in a long time, but this for sure is taking studios completely out of that name. Death, stabbing it in the face. (laughs) All right, well, let's move on. Um, that That is happening. They haven't given an opening date for the new attraction, but that is happening. Let's move over to Epcot, where we got several big news announcements. Tom Fitzgerald was on hand to talk about these things. One of the quotes that Bob Chapek said was, "We he said it twice, actually, we want to keep it true to the original vision while making it more timeless, more relevant, more family, and more Disney. You say the words that are important, even if they contradict one another. <laughs> more, more timeless, relevant more and relevant. more timeless. Like, hmm. Okay, now see, this is where I disagree with the statement that we received more announcements than we were expecting. Because after the two years ago, the little, the little hint that Future World and Epcot was getting some love, I, I really expected like a full-out overhaul of future world as unlikely as that and unrealistic as that seems i thought we're gonna get like a detailed year by year phase one phase two is what's going on which i think is what we're entering into but uh the things that were announced i was like ah well that's like it's big like it's a big deal but at the same time i thought more was coming in terms of a future world but uh, no, I can see that. Th- that's a really good point. They did very, very briefly show some concept art of what the new future world will look like. And just based on that brief glimpse, I, it does look like there's a lot more that they haven't announced yet, but that they've already kind of drawn out. Uh, but you're right. As far as this panel goes, here's what they did announce. Ellen's Energy Adventure, like Great Movie Ride, will close August 13th. And in its place will be a new e- e-ticket attraction based on, as we guessed, Guardians of the Galaxy the Guardians will take guests on an out-of-this-world adventure. And, yeah, it fits Epcot. I know you think it doesn't, but it does because Peter Quill. Ah, he went to Epcot. He visited Epcot when he was a oh kid. Oh, my word. That's right. Seamless. Synergy. I Energy. <sighs> Synergy. Ah, energy. I just... I mean, we, we have a special place in our hearts for Ellen here on the show, as we've said before. And we, we all knew. We, uh, we, uh, <laughs> okay, the ride, Derek yes. and I, Derek and I have, yes. um, that being said, <laughs> it, we knew it's time was, was, it was, it was coming to an end. Sure. But it put, we're putting guardians in this just again. It, it doesn't feel Epcotty to me. It feels like we're pandering because I'm sure Guardians of the Galaxy has some staying power, but does it have staying power 20 years from now? I think what we, I think what I have to accept, what I've come to accept, is that over the last few years, Disney has kind of given up on the idea of keeping parks thematically cohesive. 
Like, I think they've given up on that, and now they're just focused on giving us some really good immersive attractions. So I think Guardians will be great, and it doesn't fit the original theme of Epcot, but I think we just have to accept that all of these parks, the theme of all four parks is now just Disney. <laughs> like, there's not like a, a edutainment theme for Epcot, it's just Disney. And Magic Kingdom is Disney. Yeah, I'm just concerned about this, the lasting power of Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I, I know, you know, you look at a franchise like Indiana Jones, um, those to me are timeless. And as Harrison Ford ages, Indy still is iconic. I don't know if in 20 years an aging Chris Pratt is going to be able to carry the same weight in a Guardians of the Galaxy franchise as something like Indiana Jones. I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. That's a good point. I mean, you run into trouble when you start putting celebrities in things because within five years, you can already tell how old it is. Yeah. But I do like that they're keeping the exterior of the building the same. All those solar panels, that's going to remain. I'm curious if it's going to be the same storyline as Mission Breakout or if it's going to be an original, different storyline. It sounds like it's completely new, completely original from the way he talked. And if the storyline is... Peter Quill went to Epcot. Does that mean it's going to be breaking the fourth wall and be very, in a sense, meta? I mean, are we going to see elements of part of the story? Right, right. I think they were just kind of giving that as like a, I know you're going to hate this plan, but listen, it fits because (laughs) yeah, I don't think that would necessarily be part of it. Now, if they brought in, and now stay with me on this. What if the attraction did include? pieces of old epcot so as you're going through you're seeing parts of like maybe like food rocks and uh you know body wars and you're passing through elements of of classic epcot with a guardians of the galaxy twist that might be cool maybe Dreamfinder pops up at some point i think you're dreaming mr fanboy there's no <laughs> way they're gonna do that true but i'm just saying it'd be kind of cool if you want to make it cohesive what if in the queue there were like fake Polaroids of him as a boy, like standing in front of Dreamfinder or something? I could see that, yeah. Yeah, and, and shout out to whoever on Twitter mentioned that Disney's photoshopping is always terrible because that Photoshop picture is awful. Yeah. Just the timeline doesn't work for me, but that's a whole other story. Like he would have had to have been really young before he was, you know, taken from Earth and his mom was sick and all that. But anyway, over at Mission Space, there was some news. A brand new mission will be added. You've got green, you've got orange, but they wanted to include the kids. Uh, So they're going to add another orbital mission around Earth, and younger guests will be able to take part in this. I don't think that necessarily excites any of us. But what is a bit more exciting is next door, adjacent to Mission Space, will be a space-themed restaurant operated by the Patina Restaurant Group, which also operates via Napoli and Morimoto Asia in Disney Springs. This news was the most, I was the most surprised by this and also I think the most excited hmm. simply based on, on the on the concept because I think it's a great idea. I think it, the concept art looks pretty cool. I think that the idea is, is I'm surprised we haven't had a space themed restaurant yet. Uh, so I'm kind of excited about this one. Yeah, um, the mission space thing is weird. Uh, That's still, I mean like, the, the best news would have been that it's going away, mm-hmm. but they're adding to it. It's like, hey, don't you understand? <laughs> um, the restaurant clearly looks like it's going in wonders of life, right? Circular. Oh. 
I mean, that's got to be where it's going to be. I hope so. It's circular. It's it's unused relatively, except for the festivals, and they can move all that crap back to the other place um, in World Showcase. So, I mean, unless they're going to build a whole new building, which I can't see them doing, if <laughs> given the opportunity to not build a building, they won't build a building. <laughs> yeah. The concept art looked really cool. Uh, out the windows, you saw like astronauts, stars, things like that. The only thing is, what do you serve at a space restaurant? Um, freeze-dried ice cream. No, that's Tang. the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't really serve space food. It would be boring. It'll just be, there'll be like a thing. Like, this is the first space station to welcome tourists. And we have five-star dining in outer space in our space kitchens. And, you know, it's going to be like that. I just really, since it's a mission space, like theme i think randomly throughout your meal all of a sudden they should just spin the whole restaurant really fast with yeah. horses and you got like <laughs> trying to hang on bags. yeah that'd be awesome that's great um bob chapek did say at the end of the whole future world discussion that a lot more is planned for future world but they're not ready to share it yet but he said imagineers are working on all of this to be ready in time for walt disney world's 50th anniversary in 2021 which is not that far away. If you're going to start tearing down buildings and redoing stuff, you better hurry. It's yep. true. I'm I'm really excited to know what they have planned. Uh, but let's move over to World Showcase because there was some news there as well. Surprising news. The Circle Vision movie in China is not going away. They're actually putting a brand new film in there featuring new digital technology that will create a seamless 360 vision Experience. It's about time to change yeah, I the think movie. This is cool. You know, it needs to be updated, and not only updated, but they're also bringing in a new, new sort of technology. And I'm hoping that it goes well, and we're able to see this sort of seamless um, screens, uh, if you would, in the Circle Vision uh, for more of the films. Because uh, I think Circle Vision is a really underappreciated theme park element. That, uh, like I said, underappreciated is a good word for it. Yeah, I can see complaining that maybe Guardians doesn't fit the original Epcot vision, but this most certainly does. And I'm, I'm glad about that. Uh, the biggest applause from the crowd came when he announced officially that Ratatouille will be added to an entirely new area, area just past the Eiffel Tower in France. I mean, be- before he could even say Tui, the crowd erupted. Yeah. Into applause. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> Rat tap. <laughs> now, this is based on the attraction, at least we assume it's based on the attraction that is in the Paris Studios theme park, correct? Yeah, surely it'll be the same thing. Yeah, uh, it's funny because I've heard so many reviews of that attraction, especially since this rumor started, and everybody's like, I mean, it's good, but I really hope they improve it. Yeah, I've I've heard people. It's very people either really like it or they really hate it. Um, uh, that's the the vibe I've gotten. But I think it's a good thing to add anything to World Showcase, and it's not replacing anything. It's going behind the the pavilion. So the idea I think is that you're going to be crossing through the Eiffel Tower, which is back there. It's not taking away impressions to France, which you know pleases a lot of people. I'm just all about Walt Disney World has so much space that we don't have to close things in order to add things. I, I'm just all about that. And that's the same way I feel about Great Movie Ride. Like, why do we have to close Great Movie Ride to get a Mickey attraction? Why Why not both? I'm like the little girl in the taco commercial. Porque no tenemos dos. 
I'm okay with it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, if you don't know, um, the story of this attraction he, he talked about was that guests will, of course, shriek down to the size of Remy and join him on an adventure through Gasto's kitchen. I'm sure there are videos of this attraction online if you kind of want to get an idea. It's not that you're just shrunk down. It's that you find yourself shrunk down. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the Toy Story thing, too. Is it, you're not, it, there's, there's a more passive element to it. I find myself shrunk down. And I don't think it's Gastos. I think it's Gusto. <laughs> but, Gusto. <laughs> You're so Gasto. right. I'm so sorry. Gaston. <laughs> Whatever. French. Before we move to Magic Kingdom, because those are the two biggest news, let's talk real quickly about some transportation at Disney World. The gondola is official. It's going to be called the Disney Skyliner. And as we've previously announced, it will connect Caribbean Beach the All-Star Resorts, and Pop Century with both International Gateway and Hollywood Studios, and many of the gondolas will feature Disney characters, whatever that means. This is, this is very interesting to me. I, I'm, I'm surprised to see this come true. I know it's been rumored for a while. I just didn't think this was feasible. And not only, okay, even if it is feasible, I just didn't see it being practical. Because uh, how many people can you fit on one of these gondolas, you know? And like, especially coming out of the All-Star where you ever been to those bus stops? just continually. I mean, it's just going. Right. Yeah, I understand that. But again, the how... characters, it looks like, you know, like a wrap on a monorail. That's what I'm picturing on them. Yeah. Like on the front, it's like the, the Mickey characters in the style of this, uh, the new shorts. And then the one of them had the hitchhiking ghosts on it. That was kind of cool. I saw that. It would be kind of cool if maybe the... Uh... The voice, um, what, like the spiel, is one of the characters, you know? Yes. Like if it's Goofy talking about, oh, look, there's a Caribbean beach. <laughs> That's my Goofy impression. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh, my. my gosh. I felt like he was here. <laughs> I know, you guys. I, I got chills. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, they've already started on this. Like you've seen, you can see pictures of, um, especially like near the International Gateway where they've started blocking off some areas to build these stations. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this and and uh, what are they called again? The Sky Skyrider Skyliner Skyliner, yeah, Skyliner. So that's going to compete with the Highway in the Sky. What do you, you mean compete? Transporta- oh, okay. Well, okay. I'm mean, just saying for like you know different kinds of transportation at Walt Disney World. So now you literally can take a monorail, you can take a gondola, you can take a bus, you can take a boat, you can, and you can also take a minivan. Yes, the last piece of uh, news they mentioned are these minivans, spelled M-I-N-N-I-E, vans. And he really didn't say a lot about them, just that it's a point-to-point transportation service that will get you exactly where you want to go in Walt Disney World. Uh, It sounds a lot like Disney's form of Uber. I just don't know, you know, will they literally pick you up anywhere in Walt Disney World? I mean, other than, like, the middle of the park, obviously. But I'm at Space Mountain. Come get me. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't know. Um, our friend John, who's been on the show, saw one today. He's in Walt Disney World. He texted me, and he sent me a picture of one and said, here it is. And I said, you have to do it and tell us how it works, because they haven't really said, like, is it going to be through the Disney app? Will there be a second app? Will the price be comparable to Uber? Because Uber does a lot of business in Walt Disney World, so if... Disney World's going to charge a lot more money. I'd still just rather take Uber. I know nothing about these other than what I've seen, like, picture-wise. I'm picturing their driverless, like the Jurassic Park vehicles. And I'm picturing disaster. That would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, but the Banes do have a wrap 
that are polka dotted like mini. So you'll be able, easy to, or they'll be easy to spot. No pun intended. They're cute. They look nice. Yeah. Um, but anyway, John said that they're just in test phase right now. And I think Disney actually announced today that they'll be rolled out, um, hat rolled later this month. So look for those. Okay. But let's talk about Magic Kingdom because there are two big news items. It is getting the Tron coaster like we um, talked about a couple weeks ago. Very exciting, but it's not taking over Tomorrowland oh, Speedway. I like I saw it. Wait, what is that in the concept art? Yep. <laughs> the Speedway. So if you walk past uh, that start, well, no, what's the store? The the D Tech store. It was the Starcade place. It used okay, to be yeah, the- yeah. Yep. It's now like a D-Tech store at the exit of Space Mountain. If you walk past that, there's that pathway that goes all the way to Storybook Circus. I think there's a smoking section back there. Now, Tron will be there, and it will actually go into some new land that hasn't been used yet for Magic Kingdom on the other side of the railroad. So the railroad railroad will actually pass through the bottom of the show building for Tron. Um, mm. So Tomorrowland Speedway is staying... Space Mountain is obviously staying, but right behind those two will be this Tron coaster. Which, as much as I don't like Tomorrowland Speedway, I do like the fact that Tron will be on the outskirts of the park now and not right in the middle by Mad Tea Party. That just never made sense to me. I gotta say, I was pretty hyped about this. Now, you know, Speedway, the cockroach that it is, uh, it's the Neil Patrick Harris of of theme park attractions as far as that goes. (laughs) Well, it lives to see another day. But, First off, I love that Tron's coming. I'm glad that that was true. Um, I love that our Tomorrowland is probably going to be the best Tomorrowland out of all the parks, even with Monsters, Inc., Laugh Floor, and Stitch (laughs) in it. I mean, you can't get past having two indoor coasters right next to each other. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. It is kind of crazy. Also, Derek, I love the idea that you put on uh, Twitter about bringing the dinosaurs from Ellen to this area and making a primeval rural section on the railroad. If they do that, I will personally kiss every single Imagineer that is uh, working. Surely they will. Surely they will know that will make all of the Guardians of the Galaxy crap okay. Yeah, so for listeners who don't know, in Disneyland, they have this primeval world diorama that's been there for years since Walt's time. And it is when the train goes through Tomorrowland, there's an indoor portion. You know, Walt Disney World Railroad doesn't have a whole lot to look at. But the Disneyland Railroad has this whole indoor portion with audio animatronic dinosaurs. When they built Ellen's Energy Adventure, they used the same models from those audio animatronics to get us the dinosaurs we have. So it just makes sense to move those audio animatronics to the Magic Kingdom and have this indoor portion. Because obviously the train's not going to have a view of Tron, I don't think. I mean, the coaster's not going to be like buzzing right by you as you're trying to go through. They're going to have to build some sort of enclosure. So why not include the Primeval World diorama? That would be, I mean, again, absolutely amazing because I love that section of the railroad. I really, really do. There's just something about, it's so simple, but so like, just fun. I, I just like it a lot. So hopefully they do that. But the Tron coaster, again, the Tron universe has so much potential there. And the fact that they're bringing this coaster to the US, maybe it will kind of kick that franchise back into into gear. Because there was talks about a third film and then it kind of got scrapped. So maybe maybe that'll bring some hype to it. 
I, I haven't even seen Tron, and I'm not even necessarily like, ooh, a coaster, even though it does look fun. For me, just looking at this thing will bring an entirely new view to Magic Kingdom. Like, it is the, if you've never seen pictures, it is the coolest show building, especially at night. It just, it lights up in the coolest way. And I'm really excited for what it's going to do for Tomorrowland. It's neat. Totally, yeah. Our Tomorrowland will be the greatest Tomorrowland of all the Disney parks once this is built. It's crazy how many attractions are there, because you've got Monsters, Inc., Stitch, Astro Orbiter, People Mover, Buzz, Carousel Progress, Tomorrowland Speedway, Space Mountain, and now Tron. That's nine attractions in Tomorrowland alone. Four of which and, are trash. Well, <laughs> it's still, we'll they eat you. people. Lots of attractions, yeah. No, it's a lot of attractions, but it's also like, um, like you said, it eats people. And I wonder if the People Mover will be like rerouted into that. <gasps> That'd be cool. Oh, that would be really cool, yeah. Anyway, okay, so the last piece of news is something I think surprised everyone. Just off of Main Street USA will be a new theater based on the iconic Williswood Theater in 1920s Kansas City. They didn't really talk a lot about this, just that it's going to go kind of off Main Street USA. The concept art for this thing looks humongous, and they just kind of acted like they're going to bring some permanent shows very similar to the Frozen show in DCA, which is so funny because Jeremy, you, Jeff, and I were just talking about this last week, how Magic Kingdom doesn't have a permanent show. And now not only are they getting a permanent show, it's going to go in a brand new gorgeous theater. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's here was my original thought, and I don't think this is true. This is just what I would do as an Imagineer. Because, you know, there's a lot of controversy in the United States with our political leadership some you know and it doesn't matter which side of the argument you fall on you know half the country hates the one half the yeah, vice versa so no matter who's going to be president there's controversy so my thought is you build this theater on main street you put in a great moments with mr lincoln like attraction it doesn't have to be great moments with mr lincoln but you can take some of your you can take your your george washington your abraham lincoln aa you can you know those kind of ones that are kind of iconic put in a new show there get rid of hall of presidents and then put in a either you can reformat that muppets show to fit into a, a theater or you can bring in a whole new kind of uh classic american you know history kind of a show and kind of get rid of that uh, political uh, sacred ground there that uh, unfortunately comes with a show like the hall of presidents these days Huh. Well, that's elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying, though, because, okay, they're going to open up the Hall of Presidents with Donald Trump in it. And there's going to I, – I guarantee there's going to be people that are going to show out and be dumb in They've that. done that since George W. Like it well, became that's true. In, it became in vogue to, to make fun of your presidents with George W. And, totally. and that And that's fine. I think the beauty of the Hall of Presidents is that it forces you to deal with it. No matter what it is, it's like this is this is the president, and yeah, there'll be another one in four or five or eight years. But you know that uh, people, Disney doesn't like that kind of atmosphere brought into their park, though. You know they hate that. So if they can eliminate that, the you know or whitewash it in a way, I think they will. But but that I don't think it's happening. It looks like there's going to be like an Aladdin show, a Frozen show, some kind of a permanent show, which I think is great. Like we said, we needed that. Uh, give me again a Mickey and the Magical Map-esque show of, of just a fun review with Disney characters. I'm about that. Absolutely. Get some really good live performers in there, entertain me in an air-conditioned area for an hour. I'm good to go. 
I just don't know what they mean by just off of Main Street USA, because you saw the concept art, right? Yes. Now, I, I lo- saw the concept art, and I heard some chatter online, and it looks like people are thinking it's going to replace City Hall on the left when you walk into the park there. That's where guest relations is. Yeah, I guess they would re- remove them. I can't see them getting rid of the theater on the other side and Tony's. I, I no. can't see them totally... So the only logical place it would go would be at City Hall and have to relocate all of that, which seems easier to me to relocate that than some of the other areas. Oh, I think they're just going to gut that whole thing with Tony's and build a theater back there. That makes the most sense. I don't think there's enough room behind City Hall and the other place for it. There's parking and all kinds of stuff behind the the Mickey place. See, I guess... I might be naive. My first thought was they're adding a new space. I don't know where that would be. Like maybe in the, uh, you know, like the excess area where when it's really crowded, they let you you leave through the backstage over there by the Tomorrowland Terrace. I thought maybe it'd be over there, but that's where Plaza is. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. When you look at the, when you look at the concept art, it, to me, it looks like that, that space there where City Hall is. If you're standing by the Emporium looking towards the, uh, railroad station to the right. That's what the concept art looks to me. Gotcha. I don't know. It's a huge theater, though. Man, I don't even know if it fits with the scale of Main Street USA. Like, it almost looks like it towers over everything there. It looks like something from Branson. But I'm going to give it the uh, the benefit of it out that it's going to be beautiful and it's going to serve a, a good purpose. Yeah, I think for me, the things that excited me most, and I guess I want you guys to give yours too, but I was just going to say this thing, and I think the Mickey attraction, I think those are the two things that I'm most hyped about. Yeah, I'm most hyped about the, um, I'm hyped about the restaurant, the the Mission Space restaurant, because I think there's potential there. I'm hyped about this theater, and I'm a little hyped about Ratatouille. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, did we get a timeline of when this theater is going to be opened? No, they didn't really say. Uh, a lot of the stuff they talked about, like he mentioned several times, Walt Disney World's 50th, Walt Disney World's 50th. So I think that's the gold date for a lot of the things he mentioned. Sounds good to me. What are you most excited about, Matt? I'm most excited about the Mickey ride. I think, I don't know if excited is the word, but to see what they're going to do with that. And uh, honestly, the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. Once you accept yeah. that it's coming, I think yeah. it's funny when twice he mentioned Mission Breakout and the crowd erupted into applause. Like that is a very popular attraction over in DCA. People seem to really love it. So hopefully we'll get something equally fun, if not more fun in Walt Disney World. All right, listeners, now it's your turn. Let us know what you're most excited about. If there's a rumor we didn't really touch on that you wanted to, um, you know, shout about or talk about, let us know. Shout about. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Leave a shouting voicemail. You can call Jeremy at six. I'm just kidding. Um, Don't get my number out. (laughs) You can reach us at comments at madchatters.net. Of course, we love talking with you on Twitter at madchatters and Instagram at madchatters and Facebook. And you know we haven't asked for iTunes reviews in a while, so if you haven't done that, we would really appreciate if you just took a few minutes to go on there and leave a review so others know what our show is about. Um, it, it does help our show in small ways. So thank you so much to those who've already done that. 
And speaking of you listeners, we do have a special announcement coming up as our 150th episode. And we once again want to invite a special listener to come and play a Mad Chatter game with us. Playing the games is one of our favorite things to do on this show. And we really want to get you listeners involved. So if you would like to play, and if you specifically are free on the evening of Thursday, August 3rd, we want you to join in on the fun. So send an email to comments at madchatters.net and just say something, you know, like, I would love to be considered for the game or just, you know, game in all caps or something. Um, and we'll we'll put your name down. And at some point in the next few weeks, we'll have a drawing. And we are excited to play a game with one of you. So just let us know within the next couple of weeks. Um, I think that does it for this episode. So see ya. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Bye-bye now. Who is Art Smith? I've never heard of him. Is he like a famous chef or something? Oh, he's on the chew. No, he's not. <laughs> Spitting out random food stuff. Just, hey, if we say it with confidence, yeah. it's, people believe it. Apparently he's at the restaurant a lot. He's very proud. He's like Gear Ness. You don't yes. have anything else to do. Yes. And he rubs his hands all over your uh, mac and cheese. Oh. <laughs> Get him to do something with the chicken and we'll be in business. What is that strange hair in the Typhoon Lagoon wave pool? <laughs> oh, gross. Mine had to do with pubes as well, so I don't yeah. know if I should. Well, duh. Short, dark, and curly. I had to really stretch to not make it about pubes. So we went with turds instead. Turds is the alternative to pubes every day. I gotcha. I was going to say... What is the surprise on my burger at the electric umbrella? <laughs>